This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 65 of a retired racehorse radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Company, and Arena Saddles. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. With the Thoroughbred Makeover quickly approaching, RRP Program Manager Kristen Kovach-Bentley joins us to give us her tips on how to enjoy the makeover, whether you're there in person or virtually behind a screen. Our final RRP Spotlight Rider is Tiari Santa-Steven, who shares her experience as the captain of her Thoroughbred Makeover team, and Leandra joins us from New Vocations to share another tip and introduces our Adoptable Horse of the Week, Noblesque. Our listener of the week is Belinda Armstrong. If you'd like to be our listener of the week, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And I'm Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Gosh, just with you mentioning the RRP coming up, there's a lot of busy folks. There's a lot of stress and excitement and stress. (laughs) I I followed the Retired Racehorse Project RRP Facebook page for trainers. And, uh, oh, my God, it's like, do I need to bring this? Do I need to bring this? Do I need to bring this? My answer to all of those questions is yes. Bring all the things. Bring all. You will need now, all the things. Here's a question. How many tractor supplies do you think are short on shavings right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll tell you, I visited the tractor supply in Georgetown a couple times while I was there. So, yeah, it <laughs> definitely is something to do. Now, uh, it was a long drive for me, but you've been working on some trailering stuff as well, not to get to Kentucky. But yes. what, was your, what happened with you, you guys? So um, on last episode, I talked about how I was taking my thoroughbred to a new barn or new eventing barn, and she was supposed to move on September 24th. When we got to that day, I've never had an issue trailering this horse before, and we've never had a negative experience. So lo and behold, she had summoned all the demons of hell to okay. proudly tell us that she was not going in the trailer. Um, oh, no. Yes, it was... Jamie, I only weigh 135 pounds, and she picked me up like a Barbie doll from the ground. Yes. So, I mean, it wasn't great. And, of course, like, it's the new barn manager who was so kind to, like, volunteer her time. I'm like, yay, this is your first impression of my horse who I had high recommendations to bring here. Okay. Wonderful. But she was really patient and kind. And, like, like, we never used any forceful tactics that would harm her. We just kind of made the decision of this is stressing her out and we don't want a colic and we don't want a negative experience. Let's pause. And she was kind enough to leave her trailer at my old farm for a whole week. She's like, do the best you can. And I have a horse who um, most horses go away from pressure, right? It's very simple, easy. We're trained all the time. I can't confirm or deny. I'm but I have beliefs that my horse was maybe on the track, didn't have the best experience with those pressuring techniques and has learned to just, if I just sit still, it'll eventually stop. Well, here's she, the thing, Joy, about that. You talk about pressure. It's actually called thigmotexis. And pressure is a very, very 
basic reaction that horses have. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you Mm -hmm. think about into pressure, you you know how when you're pushing your horse over in the cross ties and you put your hand on it and they always lean back into you Mm -hmm. unless you've taught them to step away. So you actually have to retrain the horse's brain. It is not natural for them to go away from pressure. And you can think of it like this, like in, in genetic DNA composition, the horse is trained to go into pressure. Think about if a if a, if a wolf or a dog was coming up on a wild horse and, and bit the horse in the belly, if the horse goes away from that pressure, they're eviscerated. If it goes into that pressure, it can stomp the Mm -hmm. dog and move past it. So basically what I'm telling you is your horse is actually very smart (laughs) and, uh, yeah, she's just, that's just what they're kind of programmed to do. I mean, and all the training that we do with horses is teaching them to come off of pressure. Pull that lead rope, pull Mm -hmm. the halter forward, they come forward and then they get a release and then teaching them leg gilding. And like you ask them to go forward, you put your legs on, they go forward, Mm -hmm. you take your legs off. So all of that is very simple training. If I, if I can make any recommendations for trailering, it's get a dually halter, Monty Roberts halter, because it is a fantastic pressure and release halter and teaches them rather quickly to come off of pressure because there's a reward when there is, and it's, release of pressure. So it's really quick. Your timing doesn't have to be as amazing as it does with like any other halters. But did you end up, were you successful? We were. So, um, I didn't use a dually, but my horse has a a strong aversement to pressure. It can become quite volatile. So I found positive reinforcement works really, really well. And verbal cues that I later transfer into whether it's leg cues, hand cues, pressure cues, whatever we're doing, it's just like the easiest way. It takes a little more time, but it has worked miracles with this horse over the years. So that's what we did. We just built a foundation with a little bit at a time. It was getting the feet on the ramp then backing off. And the big thing was she was going in the trailer and sprinting back out. So I'm like, okay, you're afraid of being trapped. And she was anticipating pressure on her pole. So it brought her one in. One foot on, and one foot off. One yeah, foot and it was like, never touch the pole. I'm like, you are welcome to go on. So I taught her all the verbal cues to step up, to stand. When I told her a cue and I was walking out of the trailer and I was putting her in all by myself and like putting up the butt bar within a week. It was really great. And it ended up being a perfect trailer experience. She got on right away, had no issues. She loaded off beautifully. And the new barn manager thought she was a completely different horse. So good. Well, you yes. you know, that's the thing is like, we have to spend time teaching our horses things when we're not in like a trailer loading, mm-hmm. when we're not trying to go somewhere. And that she, mm-hmm. she told you that lesson. She's like, Hey, you haven't practiced this with me in a while. I don't know. I'm not going to go. Anywhere. Yes. Don't clearly, take your horses for granted. People clearly Please you're don't. in a hurry, mom. Let me show you what can happen. If you're in a hurry, yes. you have 15 minutes and we'll take all day. If you act like you have all day, it'll take 15 minutes. So, so crazy how it works, but yeah, I it was know. a great experience for me, for her and lots more to learn. Obviously it never ends, but well, good. I'm glad that things are, are moving forward and I hope you love your new barn. I can't wait to hear all about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, before we get to any of our guests or anything like that, let's hear from our title sponsor, our dear friends at Kentucky performance products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. 
Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissues. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. As we talked about in our intro, the makeover is only two days away, which seems insane. We've been talking about it pretty much the entire year so far. And we have Kristen Kovich-Bentley on. She's the program manager for the Retired Resource Project. And I'm sure her life is just easy, breezy, cool right now. Nothing she's going getting on. Nothing uh, at all. Enjoying bored. just a nice margarita on the beach as we're getting ready for the makeover. Is that the truth, Kristen? Yeah, I'm just strolling my way to Kentucky at this point. You know, <laughs> just another horse show with 500 horses. You know? <laughs> no big deal. We know the truth that Kristen and the RRP team has been hard at work getting everything ready for the first ever mega makeover. And Kristen's here to tell us how we can enjoy it. So Kristen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. Excited to be here. And we are really looking forward to the mega makeover. It's going to be a great show. And it's just going to be really exciting to see everyone again for the first time in two years. We are too. There's lots to come for sure. And before we get into all the nitty gritty fun things that we can look forward to, I'd love to do like some fun facts because we we had a briefing of after all the applications were approved, like how many horses to expect and trainers. And now that we're actually here, we're ready to go. What are our final numbers looking like? We should have about 500 horses there. It's a green horse show and horses are horses. So we know we're going to have some last minute scratches still coming through which is always unfortunate. People have made it this far, but it's just the way it works. And and we've all been there regardless if it's the makeover or any other horse show, but we should have about 500 horses that have made it all the way to Kentucky. So we're looking forward to a nice big show. How many are are mega and how many are just makeover? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's mega this year. So (laughs) I think the final breakdown was about 200 horses came through through final entry from 2020. Um, which is pretty good because considering that we're asking people to hold on to those horses for an extra year. And I shouldn't say asking that was, you know, their decision, whether they wanted to roll their entry over or scratch their horse or sell their horse. So considering that about 200 trainers held onto their horses for that extra year, I think is great. Some of those are lifetime horses that those folks are going to hold on to forever. And then some are still just a two-year investment now that they're planning to resell through the ASPCA makeover marketplace. And then the rest are all new horses for 2021. So it should be a nice blend of horses. But we are looking forward to seeing how the 2020 horses might be developed a little further mm-hmm. um, than the 2021. So it's going to be a really nice showcase of the talent and trainability of these horses. That's what I was most excited for is to kind of see the transformation. I think We've talked about with spotlight writers that we always see the highlights on social media as people are preparing for the makeover of, you know, ride two and we're already doing lateral work or whatever they're doing. 
And I hate um, those people. I know those people aren't real. Look how amazing I'm doing. What do you define as right? And how are we counting these? (laughs) Anyway, but I think it'll be really interesting to see what that extra year can give and really help with pushing more homes for these horses of what the time investment can bring. Right. Now, we didn't change the tests at all. So everyone is still tested over the same course, same jump heights. We're asking the same because unfortunately, people did lose out on some training time and showing opportunities in 2020. So it is important to let people know that we're not jacking the fence heights up for the 2020 division Mm -hmm. because some of those horses really did lose out on a year of training. So we're just happy to have the opportunity to, to still welcome them to the makeover and let them have that experience. But we are expecting to see the best of the best really rise to the top. What's going to be interesting to see is just the physical changes, the physical difference Mm -hmm. between the the 2020 and the 2021s, because I know that my makeover horse, oh my God, he was, he was three when I got him. And by the, by the time we finally got to the makeover, there was just a little rib showing, but they come off the track and then they lose all that muscle. And then the, you're just feeding, feeding and trying to gain weight. And everybody's freaking out about, cause there's a body conditioning score that they have to go through. It is tough. And so I'm definitely, I wonder if you'll be walking around, Chris, and you'd be like, there's a 2020, mm-hmm. there's 2021. See, know. you could <laughs> make it a really fun drinking game. If you guys are, ah, out that's there. a good yeah. point. <laughs> Thursday night, the, uh, the barn potluck. Last yeah, night, I drank a lot of alcohol that night, so we're looking forward to that this year. But no, I agree. My my 2018 horse looks like a completely different animal now. So really, the the more time you give these guys to develop, not only weight wise, musculature, and the way they carry themselves, it sh- it should be really interesting, you know, to kind of see you, the future for the 2021 horses in another year. You mentioned your horse. Tell everybody what you do with your makeover horse because you are just. You're not oh, your run of the mill yeah. doing basic things. Like you are asking a lot of your pony. Yeah, we compete in ranch horse, ranch horse classes. So actually this year he was the dual buckle winner at our ranch horse series. So we won the open cow horse and open ranch horse. So Yay! I think it's pretty cool for thoroughbreds. One horse that we competed against and actually beat in our last show. He just placed 12th at American Quarter Horse Congress. So that was very exciting for me to see that a horse that we've beaten was that good at the Congress. Suck it, Quarter Horse. We got you licked. <laughs> yeah. kidding. You didn't say that. You're nice. Send all complaints to Jennifer at Horse Radio Network. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks, actually. She's a lovely girl who rides a lovely horse. So. <laughs> I know. I know. I was just kidding. But no, that's awesome. That's a part of it is... We root so hard for this breed, these mm-hmm. thoroughbreds. I mean, that's, that's, we're retired racehorse radio, which is all off the track animals. We talk mostly about thoroughbreds and, and it's my love, absolutely. And yours too. I've known you for a while, Kristen, and your life did not start with the retired racehorse project. Okay. You moved <laughs> into this. They sucked you in and employed you. But I will say retired racehorse radio is the gateway because I also now have a standard bread that we're uh, putting through. Oh. I love it. It's true. It's so <laughs> true. Cool. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to have the off the track animal cow champion of the world. <laughs> it's just the racehorse to ranch horse. It's all encompassing. Whatever's raced, it can come and learn how to ranch with me. So awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that's going to be Kristen's new blog. Everyone check it out. <laughs> Well, back to the makeover, we want to get into the fun things. If people are attending the makeover, what are some things that they should be looking out for? Oh, okay. So my favorite things to do at the makeover, whether I am competing or now working for the RRP, some things I always put on my list, definitely make it out to the mock hunt or any of the field hunter stuff, because 
I would say most equestrians, we don't get the opportunity to like watch a hunt because it's not really a spectator sport. Mm-hmm. But the neat thing at the makeover is we have the mock hunt. It runs this year. It's Thursday morning at 8 a.m. So set your alarm, get out there early. If you actually get out there earlier, we do a stirrup cup ahead of time. So everyone in the mock hunt comes out and they enjoy a morning glass of port, which I guess is a thing that they do. Then you're nice and tipsy to go out and ride with the field. But it is a full mock hunt with hounds. It's very exciting. That's a really fun way to kind of kick off a makeover day, go out, watch the sunrise and watch the horses go. So I always put that on my list to make sure I get out there to see that. I think it's the only, really the only horse show where you can stand in one spot and see 10 different disciplines going at any one time. So if you're a dressage rider at home, this is your opportunity to go out and watch some barrel racing. If you're a Western rider, this is your opportunity to go out and watch some eventing and see how a different sport tackles the retraining process. So um, it's a really nice way just to get exposed to some different sports and different disciplines and realize that it's one breed doing it all. So that part is really cool. When I competed, we took a trail ride. We called it the United Nations because it was other riders from the other nation media sites. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> uh, so we had a girl competing in Field Hunter, who was the managing editor at the time for Jumper Nation. And we had a writer from Eventing Nation on her Eventer. And then, of course, I was there on Jobber on my ranch horse. And the three of us went out for a trail ride together. And it was really fun because scenario would the three of us ever be together. So a uh, good way to see a lot of disciplines going at once. This year, we have got an awesome vendor fair. So it's been a while since we've all been able to shop in person Mm -hmm. (laughs) at a vendor fair. So if you're going in person, I highly recommend setting some time aside to walk around the vendor fair. We've got some really cool vendors coming with some really cool stuff. So I think this is the best vendor fair that we've had in a while. Bring your your wallet, bring some empty bags so you can tote it all home with you. But it's going to be a great fair. And of course, if you really want to make the ultimate purchase, the ASTCA Makeover Marketplace is running all week long. So you can, all in one place, you can watch a horse perform, you can take a trial ride, you can get a pre-purchase exam, and you can take it home right from the makeover all in one spot. So bring your trailer trailer team. Bring your trailers, folks, for sure. It's the only place I think that you can watch over 100 horses in this year's marketplace perform and trial ride and PPE all in one go. So... We have vets from Haggard on call all week to uh, do pre-purchase exams for you. And we've had some really great matches made in the past. Horses have gone on to some upper-level careers, and then other horses have gone on to lower-level careers where they're loved and appreciated. So it's a great place to find horses of all you know makes and models and types. So The other thing, yep, too, when I, your trailers. I know with my makeover horse, I didn't have anybody look at him when I was at the makeover, but I had somebody watching online. And the second I got home, they were like, hi, <laughs> I was like, awesome. and so he sold almost immediately as soon as I got home because, because of what he'd done, because to go to Kentucky and compete in this environment and to train so hard for the year leading up to it. It's intense in these horses, some of them two years, that this is a great place to find a horse. And I still see updates from her on Facebook and she just loves him to pieces. And that's his job is to be the best friend to a young girl. It's really cool. That's perfect. Yeah. That's the the perfect home. And yeah, that's what we all want. If we're Mm -hmm. horses is somewhere that they're loved and appreciated. So yeah, if, if anyone listening is wanting to horse shop, We've got the ASPCA Makeover Marketplace. It's listed on tvmakeover.org. We do have a print catalog. So if you go in person, you can grab a copy of the magazine. It's got all the horses listed. And yeah, if you don't find the perfect match there in Kentucky, look and see who's nearby at home and, and go shop at home. 
some of the horses listed have already sold. So some horses actually oh aren't coming. That's so crazy. That's, but no. it's amazing. Like that is the whole purpose behind this is, is getting yeah. these horses cool. forever homes and something you need too. If there's any listeners who are thinking about competing in the makeover for 2022, you have also partnered to add prospects into the ASPCA makeover marketplace this year. Yes. Yeah. If you search the catalog, there's a filter for filtering out future prospects and you'll find horses who are eligible for 2022 and they're coming from uh, nonprofit aftercare organizations that have partnered with us. Just in the print catalog, those horses won't necessarily be there in person, but there's horses represented from a few different states. So you'll be able to find some close by and get ready for the 2022. You're changing the world, man. Way to go. One horse at a time. One horse at a time. Absolutely. Now, if people are not able to go to the makeover for whichever reason, is there a way for them to still enjoy it? Oh, tons of ways. So for one thing, we I've been working right before this. I was working on my schedule for our social media coverage. So definitely you can follow us at Retired Racehorse Project on Facebook, at Retired Racehorse Project on Instagram, and at RRP underscore TB Makeover on Twitter. And we are going to be just packing it full of content all week. So you won't feel like you're missing a thing if you can't come for a preliminary competition. You can also sign up. The Thoroughbred Aftercare Summit is an important part of the Thoroughbred Makeover, a national symposium. So the summit this year is going to be live streamed. So it's a hybrid event. You can either attend in person or you can sign up for the, the Zoom call and attend from home. So that's going to be sessions geared towards anyone with a professional interest in aftercare. So uh, nonprofit organizations or for-profit resellers are all welcome to participate. That is $10 and half of that's going to go back to the RRP for hosting. And then half of that is actually going to be given out as a draw for one of the nonprofits in attendance. So if you're part of a nonprofit, definitely get signed up because you have a chance of winning a little money for your organization. Preliminary competition takes place Tuesday through Thursday, all over the park, all day long. So there's plenty going on. The Makeover Masterclass is one of our favorite events. That takes place on Friday, which is a dark day for competition, but that is an action-packed day for education. So the Makeover Masterclass is a retraining demo um, where you'll watch three trainers randomly pair up with three horses, and they will demonstrate how they approach the first training sessions and first rides. That was so fun to watch in 2019. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, because there's like, we all have the same goal, but there's so many different ways and tactics and training techniques that you can use. So you'll see three different folks who have probably never met each other and they've never met the horses they're going to be working with. And that's going to be live streamed for free this year. So if you're not watching in person, this is the first time we've been able to live stream it. So we're really excited about that. So log on to tvmakeover.org, nine o'clock Eastern on Friday morning, Friday the 15th, and you'll be able to watch that live. Our seminar series, which takes place Friday afternoon, that is also free. You just have to sign up ahead of time to get the Zoom link, but you can watch that from home. And then, of course, uh, we have double the fun this year, two finales. (laughs) So we have the 2020 finale on Saturday the 16th and 2021 on the 17th. And those are going to be live streamed as well from tbmakeover.org for free all day long. Um, And if you watch, then, of course, you can vote for uh, the People's Choice Award at the end of the day. So plenty of ways to enjoy the makeover from home. Most of them are free. So no cost to you, thanks to the generosity of our sponsors. So yeah, there's plenty of ways to get involved this year. Nice. I love it. I think it's great. And also shop the vendors who are supporting too. You can shop online. The nice thing is you can hide your packages before your partners find them. They don't have to know anything, which is another great thing. I would never do something like that. That would be weird. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) 
Crazy. <laughs> Kristen, thank you so much. You're just a pro and we appreciate having you on and best of luck to everybody at the makeover. And I know you made my time there a lot more comfortable and I would just really appreciate everything that you do for all the horses and all the people mm -hmm. and thank your staff. Y'all have just been crushing it and we're thrilled to be a part of it. Thank you so much. We're so excited to get back to what we love. We've been working hard through the pandemic, but this is what gets us out of bed in the morning is putting on this big show and, and seeing the change. So we're very excited. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, Kristen. It's October. It's spooky season. You know what, Jamie? Those bugs still won't die. I don't know they about the... Die. They won't die. Like I don't know about the rest of the world here, but in the Midwest, we have summer, fall, second summer, second fall, and then like nine <laughs> months of winter. We're in second <laughs> summer right now. And Which it's means, bug season. And it's still bug season. But that's okay because Casual Company has our backs. Casual Company's Crusader line has everything you and your horse need to stay fly-free and comfortable this second summer. <laughs> Available in fly masks, fly sheets, and fly boots, Casual Company's Crusader line comes in an array of styles and sizes to offer an amazing alternative to chemical-based fly sprays that are expensive and don't last very long, especially when it rains every morning and then gets 80 degrees by the afternoon. Don't forget to check out Cashel's Quiet Ride line as well to enjoy those nice fall hacks and don't worry about flies ruining your ride because they still are trying. Treat you and your horse to some fly-free comfort and check out Cashel Company's Crusader line and Quiet Ride lines today at any of their nationwide authorized dealers or visit www.cashelcompany.com. So we are getting so close to the makeover. I can't believe it. We're on our last RRP Spotlight Writer segment. And it's just beyond crazy. I feel like we've talked to such amazing people. But I have Tiari Santa-Steven on with us. She's an instructor for equine science program at the Colorado State University. She's originally from Hawaii, which I'm like, how did you go from such a beautiful place in Hawaii to Colorado? But I guess they're both really beautiful in their own ways. And she's worked with horses. It seems like her entire... She's going to be competing in the makeover as the captain of a team from Col our Colorado State University. And they have a horse named Porta Ponte, who is actually at the Makeover 4 for their 2019 Masterclass. So welcome to the show, Tiari. Thank you very much. I have to say, like, I'm reading your bio here and it's like, you're a horse girl through and through. It's so amazing. How did you get your start with horses? Through family, my parents were involved in horses growing up, uh, raising thoroughbreds and quarter horses uh, on, on the island of Kauai. And so we competed in different various events uh, through the island. I have to admit, I did not know there was a race horse or where you could race horses in Hawaii. We rarely ever talk about what is that like compared to maybe what we traditionally know, like Kentucky racing. Is it basically the same? Is it a little different? We didn't actually race the horses. We just raised them for performance, doing things like my dad played polo, my mom oh. show, doing hunters and jumpers. And so we use them for a combination of different events other than racing. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And so polo is one of those things like I've always wanted to try, by the way. it's I'm scared to death of it, but it's so cool to watch a polo match. That's great that you've had that experience. So what made you go to Colorado then and then continue this horse experience? Initially, I, just, I came to Colorado for school and I attended Colorado State University in the College of Ag Sciences. I did not do the equine sciences program, but I was heavily involved in riding horses through the program and working with other students and, and riding on the equestrian team at the time. 
Not that. And so would you say your background's primarily in English then? I have a background in both English and Western just recently, I shouldn't say recently, but currently focused mostly on the English disciplines. Okay. So tell me a little bit about what drew you to the makeover. I'd learned about it and seen other people participate in it. I'd always loved the -the off-the-track thoroughbred. I had one at the time that I got through the cancer program and uh, was interested in getting more and bringing it to the university to where students could provide a second career for a horse um, outside of racing and wanted to teach the students a little bit more about what they can do with these horses. That's amazing. And what a neat opportunity. Most of the time we hear individuals or maybe an individual with a trainer taking a horse to the makeover, but you wanted to open this up to your students, which I think is neat. How did you get them excited to participate and how many people are on the team for this? I currently have two students on the team plus myself. I just, with the horse that we are bringing, it was one that was supposed to compete last year, but with COVID, we had some changes to the team and couldn't work the horse as often as we'd wanted to work the horse. And so uh, it's just the the three of us that'll be competing uh, with Ponty at the makeover. Gotcha. So with the team, I should ask about Ponty is what discipline are you anticipating taking Ponty? We're anticipating doing dressage and then competitive trail. Amazing. That's such a good combination. I think a lot of people don't realize the benefits of both those disciplines together. So it's such a neat one to do. I was going to ask with Ponty going in, how does it work with the team aspect? Will each student compete in a separate discipline or will one student be taking them in both? How will that work? So you have to choose two riders to compete. And in the dressage piece, one rider will compete in the first test and then in the second test, the second rider will compete. In the competitive trail, one rider partway through the test will have to dismount and then the other rider has to mount and take over at that point. Fascinating. I did not know that. So that, again, you're a first team on here. So that's really exciting to hear that this is an option for some people. Going in with this, so Porta Ponti was at the Kentucky Horse Park before. He was in the 2019 Masterclass. Do you think that will be a benefit for this horse that he's already been here before? I don't necessarily think it'll be a benefit. He was just uh, used in a demonstration, was in the arena for a short, limited period of time. So he's been hauled, but not necessarily shown or competed outside of, of that masterclass piece. That makes sense. I think a lot of us get stuck that once our horses have been somewhere, it's like they remember it, we're good to go, that false sense of security, which is not always the case. It's been a couple of years since he's been there too, since we didn't have the makeover mm-hmm. last year with COVID. We've just taken his training real slow, um, you know, working with him in the last couple of years. But a good chunk of that, he didn't get work because students and myself weren't allowed mm-hmm. at the university with the COVID restrictions. Yeah, that makes absolute sense of having to do the team as safe as possible, also following the school's protocols as well. But who would have ever thought we'd be in the situation we are? Now, before everything was kind of put on pause and you were planning on going to the 2020 makeover, did you feel like this horse was going to have to be kind of rushed into training, was picking things up quickly? How was Ponty's attitude before everything paused? Oh, we were still taking things pretty slowly at that point. We were right on a few days a week with the team and he was doing really well. Flat work was going well. We're doing some trot poles and things like that Mm -hmm. um, before COVID hit. So I feel like he probably would have been ready for the 2020 
makeover had we continued to ride them through the summer, but because we had to um, go online and couldn't ride him, things definitely slowed down through that whole entire mm-hmm. summer semester. And so he didn't really get worked at all uh, during that time frame. Gotcha. Now, with the extra time that we've been given, I think some people have seen it as a real blessing to get that extra time to work with their horses. And other people are like, I really wish I had gone last year. Have you felt like you've had an adequate amount of time to get your horse in a state where you feel like he'll use the experience confidently and positively? I think it's given us a little bit more time to work with him on a, a few extra things. So we just recently decided to do the competitive trail as we had some issues with soundness earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of started putting more of that into his training, different obstacles and whatnot, but have had to take it fairly slow with this horse. Yeah. And I think that's great to say. I think a lot of us, we can get caught up with the social media when you're following the competitor groups for the thoroughbred makeover. You see some people advancing what seems really quickly or they're already doing all these shows, they're doing really well. And you're like, man, my horse is still like figuring out how to move its haunches. Like it can be really difficult sometimes. So to say like, we're giving this horse a time and space it needs to do well. To me, that's a star competitor's mindset. You're just here to say, I'm here for the horse. And I think that's great. For those who are interested in like competing in a team, how would you recommend them putting that together? What do you think makes a good team dynamic? I think the ability to work together and, and knowing what days certain riders can ride a horse and making sure that you're all on the same boat train wise and kind of on the same page as to how you want this horse to go and to look like and do. And I just think communicating with all the riders within your team. I think having riders that have stronger abilities in certain disciplines can help too. If you decide to choose two disciplines for your horse, that way you can work together and, and try to make that horse a, a well-rounded horse to be used within the makeover. Absolutely. I love that. I guess my final question, Tiari, is what are your biggest goals at the makeover for this horse and for your team? I think just to be able to go in the arena and go in kind of calmly and as calmly as we can and complete what needs to be completed, I think would be successful for this horse. I think you'll excel in the dressage ring more so than a competitive trail. We might not have a little snag here or there. But I think just being able to complete each discipline, I think would be a a goal uh, for us going into this. I love that. I think that's a great way. And I would say that's the general trend from everyone we've interviewed over the year is just having as positive an experience as possible and making sure the horse is learning. It sounds like in helping your students learn how to retrain a thoroughbred as well. I don't know their experience in it, but it sounds like it would be a great opportunity for anyone who's working either in an equine studies program or maybe a 4-H club to put a team together to see what this could be like. Yeah, I think it's a definite benefit to the students seeing what you can do with a horse and, and how you can make a horse go towards a different discipline and, and improve its rideability while having fun in the process. I love that. Thank you so much, Cher, for coming on. If anyone wants to follow your journey, I know we're getting really close at this point. The best thing is to get your tickets or watch online, but... If people want to see how you guys have worked, is there any social media or websites they can follow? I think they can follow the Thurber Makeover website. Thank you so much, Shiar, again, for coming on the show. And we look forward to seeing you at the Makeover in just two days. It's so wild. Thank you so much for having me.
We have a new sponsor here on Retired Racehorse Radio, Arena Saddles. We are so happy to welcome you to the family. Arena Saddles are beautifully styled with meticulous attention to detail, classically crafted from European leather. Riders will appreciate the elegance and quality of Arena Saddles. Whether you are competing in dressage, jumping a course, or riding on the trail, there is a perfect Arena Saddle for you. The Arena All-Purpose Saddle has been carefully developed with you and your horse's comfort in mind with the balanced all-purpose seat, giving you support to move with your horse in total harmony. With saddles for every discipline priced at the MSRP of $15.99, there's an arena saddle that's perfect for you. To view the full range of arena saddles or find a retailer, visit arenasaddles.com. That's arenasaddles.com. It's that time of the episode where we get to head to Lexington, Kentucky and talk to Leandra Cooper from New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. And today, holy moly, how is this mare still in your barn after 30 seconds? But we'll get to Noblesque here in a second. Before that, I wanted to talk to Leandra a little bit about issues with the horses. Leandra, do any of the horses at New Vocations come to you with issues? No, they're all perfect and flawless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by issues, I mean, you know, like health issues or one of the most common things here in Oklahoma is EPM. Oh, my God. They actually at Remington Park, a lot of people will actually pr- just treat the horses for EPM every year because it's so rampant. It's in the hay and everything. Do you guys have issues with EPM in Kentucky? We sure do. Anywhere there are possums, really. And horses can be exposed to EPM pretty much anywhere, but it's definitely, like you said, more rampant in some places than others or just more common. And actually, theoretically, more than 50% of horses in the United States have been exposed to it. It's just that of those horses who've been exposed, and some think even higher than that, that Theoretically, very few of those percentages who have been exposed actually show the neurologic signs that are kind of textbook involved with EPM. So many of them have been exposed. It's just how that exposure affects them and ends up in their system that can definitely become a problem. In short, yes, (laughs) we definitely see EPM. And I've heard some of the same things. EPM's tough because unless you're doing a spinal tap, you can pull it tighter, but a tighter is just going to tell you from the blood serum whether or not the horse has been exposed. And like I said, if a lot of those horses have been exposed, it can show you different levels of it. And then you can combine the results of that with clinical signs. If you have a vet perform a neurologic exam and there are some very positive results and things that could suggest there are neurologic symptoms, you can deduce that there could be EPM involvement and then treat the horse. But very few people for cost reasons actually go and do the spinal tap. But because of that, the expense of it and the common commonness that it is actually pretty common to just treat it and look for clinical results. But that's expensive and it takes time, but we definitely see that here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are some of the other health issues that you guys have? Obviously, y'all do some rehab with tendons mm-hmm. and ligaments and bone spurs and oscillates and all those things. But what are some of the actual like health issues? 
something that the horses, because they're coming from lots of different places in the country, will deal with is allergies. So Kentucky, even for people, can be a pretty high allergen area. And if we have a horse coming in from Florida or from California, there might just be different pollens and different irritants that they're not used to. So we're having to deal with things like antihistamines and steroids to treat them. Most of the time, you'll see that in things like hives, the dermatologic effects of that. But every so often, you'll get a horse who has a respiratory illness and I would say when we deal with upper respiratory infections, which is another category of things, but certainly allergies can irritate and cause inflammation that can cause that infection, that if we see a horse with that sort of health issue, it tends to be in the first couple of weeks that they get here. And some people call that shipping fever. They can just be exposed to so many things, especially if they're in a confined space like a trailer for an extended amount of time that maybe they're getting hot. We tend to get these steamy horses off the trailer. So they just produce this body heat. And then they're, so they're in this kind of confined space. There's still air going, but because they can sort of steam up the trailer, same sort of way, they're circulating some of those dust and hay particles in a way that just can end up just lodged in their upper respiratory or lower respiratory and cause that bacteria to form that nice steamy conditions and then stress from transporting that I would say horses who have a little cough or a fever like that, that if that happens, we'll see it in the first couple of weeks. But it just goes to highlight that transporting can be stressful and that's a big part of what we do. Certainly the horses are always transported into us so they're having to go through that adjustment And it's important, just like with people, we understand that if we're traveling and going to different gas stations or on an airplane with a bunch of other people with different sort of bacteria and whatever, viruses and all that, that the horses go through the same thing and the stress of transport. So I would say that's something that is just as far as like common health things go, we'll see that. But then some horses need things like their hay wet down. They might have just like horse version of asthma. We've definitely had those situations. So just like with people, horses can have a lot of different complex health issues, whether it be immune or respiratory or any myriad of things. But I would say respiratory is one that we tend to see and maybe amplified by the fact that many of them have had things like tie backs and they just are a little bit more vulnerable in their whole respiratory system in general. But yeah, it's just the, everything that they go through in going from one region to the next and then transporting and everything that does to their systems is probably the most common of the sort of internal health issues mm-hmm. that we see. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. It makes sense. And how many times these horses ship to different tracks and what superheroes they kind of are. That's just incredible. Yeah. Now, this this merit that you have, first of all, in the video of the person riding, is that you riding this horse? I don't think it is. It is me. And I feel like I should play the fifth, depending on what you just said. No, because the person riding (laughs) this horse must be two and a half feet tall. Because this, you look tiny. This mare is ridiculously huge. Oh my God. She's huge. Like, you're not short. You got some leg on you. And uh, I'm 5'7. And your leg goes halfway down her barrel. Leander. 
It's truly, yeah, no, and I actually <laughs> had dropped my stirrups down for that, so I felt like I was really stretching for it, and still, yeah, I definitely don't clear her belly. And what's crazy is I, we list her on our website as 17 plus because she's made it pretty clear she's still growing a lot, um, and she's already grown in her time with us. Her name is Nobolesque. She's a four-year-old, 17-hand gray mare. She looks, when I was watching the video, she looks like she's kind of a push ride until you get to cantering, and she's just unbalanced a little bit, but like... Mm-hmm. She's really steady. How long have you had her? How long has she been up for adoption? And somebody should get her tomorrow. Funny that you say that. I, so I'm definitely taking that as a, uh, a compliment for just the work that she's been through because she hasn't always been in that sort of steady type. So she came back. She came to us earlier, much earlier this year. So generally horses are in our program for two, maybe three months, some, a lot of times less than that. More just tends to be like a rehab situation, but she was actually with us longer because we at one point thought that she would be maybe a new vocation team course for the thoroughbred makeover. And this is actually a really good point to make for just people who are interested in doing the makeover. I believe Kirsten Green, who is one of the organizers of the event, said this at some point or somebody in the retired racehorse project crew had said this always stuck with me they said the competition is what it is you cannot pick a horse and try to fit the competition to it you have to pick a horse that's appropriate for the competition so it makes perfect sense this is a competition with a relatively short time frame that's how it's built and designed so if you pick a horse who just clearly is not going to cruise right through training, who needs a little bit more just consistency and time. You kind of can recognize when a horse is needing more time mentally or physically that you cannot fit the competition time frame to the horse's time frame. And it's really important for the long term to not push those type of horses to that competition because nobody wins in that. So true. Nobody wins. So when you're picking a horse for the makeover, try to pick a horse who seems like they physically and mentally are going to be able to handle that type of competition and be able to progress rapidly because that's what it takes to really get that sort of experience to then go to Kentucky and feel like you're really prepared for it. There are a lot of people who try to push horses who are not ready. And it just, nobody wins, like I said. So back to what I was saying, Noblesse made it pretty clear just because she needed some work on her feet. She was growing a lot. So she got this really awkward, lanky, sort of like she would grow a lot and look like she had dropped some weight. And then she would kind of level out and have another growth spurt. And meanwhile, she can be a little sore-footed and she's grown a much nicer foot over time. We know Growing foot just takes time. You cannot really expedite that process in any other way. So we had our farrier working with her, and she would lose shoes, get sore, and it was just this very intermittent training process. And then when we were training, she would get so nervous under saddle in a way that she did not show at all on the ground. She's clearly somewhere on the ground. And you'd get on and she'd start jigging and you'd ask her to back up and she'd rear. And she just was like chomping at the bit and sweating. And you'd be like, we're just walking. And so it was truly a testament to how far she has come to watch this video that she has up on our website, on her profile. 
and just to see, even just with the walk and the trot, because that's what it takes is just going back to the foundation. Like yep. she's probably cantered five times, and this is probably the fifth one in the video because I, there's no point in cantering if they are not great at those lower, slower levels. Like if she was still getting nervous at the trot, why would I push that to the canter? Because she was that's no so progress true. in that. So walk and trot, she is like, like you said, she looks almost like a push ride because she's listening. She's going off of your leg where before you were not the one who was deciding how fast the engine was going. And she, she resented being held back. She didn't want to have that communication. So she still has work to do. And she's had this, she's had a longer time with us. So she's had this benefit of having more farrier work, more time growing, all of that. But but she still is one of those horses who just is going to do better in a longer term program because if she's pushed, she's smart enough that she has her own opinion about how, how much she wants to be pushed and all that. And she's so capable, but she just is going to need that sort of situation. But she's the coolest horse. And she's dropped dead gorgeous, you guys. For those of you who like grays, especially the gray gray fillies, this is definitely one. And she is huge and she's solid. And like you said, she's had the benefit of having you guys. And that's why your program is so great because you do address each individual horse and the needs that they have. And it's so funny because I get so frustrated sometimes watching other people who train racehorses. And they're like, stag your ride off the track and we're jumping uh, two foot you know, verticals and all this. And I'm like, I don't always know if that's the best thing for the horse, but it's not me to judge. Right. On. It's, not, I'm, it's not the horse right in front of me, but I've never had one of those. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I jump horses uh, their second ride off the track? But so I yeah. love the fact that you're realistic and honest. And that's what's great about new vocations is because Leandra will be completely honest. It does no good to get you guys the wrong horse. So if y'all are looking for a ginormous gray mare, gosh, she's only four years old, over 17 hands. She is one that you're going to build a relationship with. So anyway, thank you, Leander, for coming in and giving us all these tips. And we wish you the best of luck and just to keep us posted on everything. I don't think she'll be here very long. No, I have the same sort of feeling. <laughs> so 2,500 bucks. Be- Come on. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Yep. Thank you. And give Nobelesque a smooch from us. Absolutely. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website of retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Or you, you can find me on my Facebook page, which is Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. Or email me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. My email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Or find me on Instagram at the foodie equestrian. Yes, it is food, ponies. That's about it. It's great. Thank you so much to our amazing sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Cashflow Company, and Arena Saddles. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye. Bye.